Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Introducing the greatest animated series you've never seen, Lightning Dogs. These canine commandos are lost on a post-apocalyptic Earth and battling the forces of the evil Glampire. It's a tribute to the cartoons and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, and Nerdy Show is hell-bent on bringing it to life. Block sold separately. Join us as we document our quest from the moment lightning struck to every world-building session and beyond and make our crazy dream a reality. Roll with the pack at lightningdogs.com. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Flame On. I am Brian, your geeky bear out in the West Coast, Pacific Northwest. This is the first episode of a new series that we're going to be doing. We are going to be interviewing various professionals from the media industry. Uh, I'm saying comics to start, but I am expanding it as we go and as we find interesting people to talk to. So if you have anybody you would like to see us talk to about anything gay and geeky, please let us know on Facebook. That's probably the best way to get a hold of us these days. And our first guest, who is going to be joining us right now, live, also from the West Coast, down in L.A., it's Cena Grace. Hey, Cena. Hi. How are Hooray. you? <laughs> oh, I'm fantastic, because I'm talking to you, who I am just, you know, I mean, the 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 love affair that we have had from afar for years now continues. Uh, oh, yeah. The precious few moments that we have had in person it's 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 just uh it's not enough it's not enough so for those out there watching who have not somehow heard us talk about cena and his work before i don't know how but if you haven't cena is a uh, fabulous cartoonist who has done many many projects over the years and i would be doing you a disservice if i tried to talk about all of them at once um, but most recently and most excitedly, you are wrapping up a run on one of my favorite boom books in forever. I guess let's start talking about Ghosted in L.A. Because 
I think there's a momentous moment, like a Im imminently uh, happening here with this book. It's crazy because being in quarantine and just the the heft of the news. There, I don't, I don't think like, oh, wow, what a big deal, you know? Because it's like, oh, it's this comic we've been working on. But it's, you're right, it is this like really special thing. Ghosted in L.A. is a book about. Um, well, the quick sentence is, it's Melrose Place, but with ghosts. But it follows a young girl named Daphne who moves from Montana to Los Angeles to follow a guy. The guy promptly breaks up with her. So she's sort of left, like, feeling very unmoored and ends up, through plot reasons, in an apartment complex housed entirely by ghosts. And, and the series follows her trying to really find herself and find out what she wants and and you know, it shows her getting closer to these ghosts. And then there's a lot of awesome sort of soap opera-y fantastical elements that also occur throughout. And, and it really is a special project. You know, I'm from Los Angeles. So it's this book where I really got to just kind of, you know, sing my praises to the city. And it's a book that's also a celebration of art and artists. Now that we're towards the end and you've read enough of it, there's something that I've been planting throughout, which is you know, this girl's realizing that she wants to do art for a living, but she's kind of denying it because she has really successful Jewish parents. And it, it's not a stereotype to say that successful parents of any type kind of really want a specific path for their kid. And, and so kind of, I just kept planting these seeds throughout the book where she would see either female or femi or cool queer artists at work, whether she was going to a concert or she was seeing stand-up comics do a live recording of a podcast or going to LACMA, that's our museum down here, one of our many museums down here. And so what's really great is like now that it's done, there's this awesome just sort of full circle moment at the end. And I don't know if I've landed all the planes I, I took off, you know, when I started the book, but I, I feel like I landed that plane of just showing this journey of someone realizing like I want to do this for a living like I want to pursue this I want to study it and then I want to make money from it and, and it's also funny too because like only now am I starting to watch Bojack Horseman and really reconnect with Lisa Hanawalt's art even though I've like known her st stuff for years and had some of her stuff it's it's, it's sort of now that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing her tapestry in my orbit and and so it, it, it feels cool to kind of have a be having a conversation with that, whether I realized it or not. Yeah, I didn't make that connection other than obviously, you know, the uh, Hollywood LA connection. But uh, now that you say that, and especially with some of the themes you're exploring, I totally can see visually, but also thematically sort of the, the influence there. And I love Bojack. My boyfriend just got me into Boy Bojack, uh, oh gosh, about a year and change ago, and just finished it recently. And oh my gosh, like, uh, whew. Some some real gut punches in that series, uh, uh, so that's I'm awesome. Like, I'm like, oh, am I ready? Because it's, it's anyway. Yeah, no, I'm only a few episodes in, and it's actually uh, it's been a it's been a really it's been really nice to have because I think you you accidentally write things off, and and the guy I'm seeing now is like, oh my god, we gotta watch Bojack Horseman. You're gonna really like it, and I'm just like, no, no, no. And then I'm watching. I'm like, okay, you write, you write. <laughs> oh no, and you if you're just getting like early days into it, you just wait. Like it took. A couple seasons, I think, for it will really start really gut punching you as much as it will. So, anyway, I don't want to say any more about that. So, Ghosted, I do love Daphne. I, I, all the characters are great, but I just finished issue 11. 
I believe, yes. Because 12 is, uh, as we're recording, coming out tomorrow. That's correct? No, Wednesday. Wednesday, whatever, Wednesday. whatever day Wednesday is. Gosh, it's like time, just fluid and compressed. I never know what day it is. Uh, and so Daphne is at a critical moment. She's not only, you know, and we're going to spoil, I think, a little bit here and there, but we're trying not to give away too much. But on her journey in relationships, she's just had kind of an interesting moment. Um, maybe not for her. Maybe she's kind of doubt. I, mean, I think there's even like a joke about, so are you bi or you know, is this like a one-time thing? Which I, I try. That's always an awkward conversation with people, I think, especially nowadays, um, because there's just so many options and so many people or so many different things that it, you don't know, right? Yeah. Um, but for her, I mean, it was her first hookup with uh, the spirit world, let's say. <laughs> Yeah, she well we get I get to explore ghost sex, which was like <laughs> I I wanted to do from the get-go and then because I try to earn I try to have characters earn things like it took fucking ten issues or eleven issues to do it. Um also I had to figure out the mechanics of like how you could like feasibly have ghost sex. But I, I sort of you see it. You saw it. So is that why Okay, so I have to know this. Is that why she has so so the other character? Uh, oh my god, whose name escapes me? Um, Zola musician Tesla. Zola Tesla. That's right. It's such a great name, um, based on a great name, Tesla. Um, she has this power to conjure ectoplasm, and the way it's drawn and colored is this sort of white, um, ephemeral material. Which I, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it, right? Inky. Uh, inky. <laughs> Yes, yeah. In fact, she uses that right as like there's like a there's a couple plot things that revolve around that power. But what was the idea? Does, was that power introduced in your in your process to to help with the ghost sex, or was it something earlier? And then you went, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> well, I I wish I remembered because I feel like for me, I knew it couldn't have possibly been the sex first. Um, I just, I knew that with that girl Zola and she's such a cool character. And I think that's where the series picks up. She is essentially like, like on the verge of being Billie Eilish famous in the real world. And then she dies. Um, and when she comes to this uh, Rycroft Manor, the building, she has to reconcile the fact that she killed herself. And it's, and it's a type of suicide that um, I think a lot of creatives, uh, accidentally on purpose put themselves through where you're in this grind and if you're if you're being creative for money too young you know then you suddenly are losing your passion and you think that the only way to get through the grind is to do these abusive things and um and it's just this really really powerful moment of her like you know because she has these ink powers and and the reason i gave her every ghost has a connection to the mortal realm and and, and they come off as powers because it's a comic book um, and the reason hers was ink is I just felt like of all of these people in the more, when she was alive, she was touching so many people. She was able to touch people with her music. Um, so I thought it was kind of a beautiful irony that, uh, she can no longer play an instrument, but she is the, she's the closest to being able to touch people. Mm -hmm. Um, so that works really well with her and Daphne kind of getting stimulated. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, it, I, 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 I don't remember. I wish I remembered. I just, I remember when I was pitching this, I was pitching them as a different supernatural creature that Daphne was living with. 
And my editor was like, what do you think about ghosts? And I was like, well, that kills all the fucking sex I wanted them to have. And then <laughs> I stopped and I thought about it. And I was like, no challenge accepted. Like, I actually will figure this out. And nice. I have figured this out. So, but, the, oh, but it, I, I don't, I don't remember when I figured it out for Zola and Daphne, um, which sucks because this yeah. would have been a great moment to share with you. It's great either way because whether it's a happy accident or by intent, like it, it, it just works and it's so believable. It's so organic. I mean, you obviously have to get the path, you know, if you don't believe in ghosts, well, that's a whatever, but extending your imagination to that world, like it follows very readily. Uh, and these characters, like I love her ex and um, the not fluidity, but sort of the journey he's on figuring out his sexuality and then to have the older, uh, oh God, my name, my my brain is so fried with names. So please oh, feel free. A, uh, he's Bernard, right? Bernard. Yeah, yeah Bernard. Bernard, no, Bernard. Bernard. So so having an older mentor type character in the Ghost of Bernard with the ex uh, and exploring maybe somewhat of an attraction, maybe kind of, but I don't think it was fulfilled, at least not yet, uh, if at all. Um, yeah. but like having that relationship depicted as in, in the comic, again, that's a very natural relationship you see in, in the world. And, and both of us being in queer communities, there's just so many relationships like that, that we both have probably had. I know I have had as a younger part of that journey and having older gay friends and mentors. And then, you know, as I get older, the reverse. Um, so I yeah. love that that was in there too, you know? And I think, you know, because I struggled with it at first, because there is a romantic component, because they both, I mean, they both think the other person's so cool and interesting, you know? Um, and I struggled at first with, do I go there? Because right now we are really reconciling predatory relationships between younger men, older men and younger women. But, and, and, and those, and, and predatory dynamics do exist in the gay community, a thousand and a million percent, Brian Singer oh, yeah. looking at you. Um, but I also think there is this, um, beautiful component where the older generation, uh, if they ever, if there's ever a connection between older and younger, there's a lot of, um, education and care involved in it. You know, I know anytime I've had an older boyfriend, they'd lived through the AIDS epidemic and they, you know, they have a completely, their the bonds that they have with their friends who survived are really beautiful and immaculate. And, and they work so hard to teach you about the importance of your history and your community. Um, and, you know, furthermore, I think then to see the current generation live without these, 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 the anchors of trauma, you know, it, it goes both ways. They both, you both give each other something really great. Um, and I wanted to try and do that respectfully. And it was so funny because I talked to the first assistant editor about it. I was like, oh, this is bad. Like, because he is so much younger and he's a ghost. And, like, mm -hmm. and like, he was like, at the end of the day, Ronnie, the younger character, he's like, Ronnie's 18. Like, like all the, like the fact that we're talking about ghosts aside, he's 18. Like, it's not, it's, it's legal for a dead ass ghost to talk to him because he's 18. <laughs> It's um, it's right. It's legal, but like you said, there's so much right now that's challenging. I mean, the whole Warren Ellis and all these other people who on the page was not doing anything illegal, 
right. know, other than maybe a little immoral, not explaining the relationship dynamics of his situation, like, you know, it's so complicated and hard to pull apart and understand that you want to always believe the victim, but you also have to put everything in context of the situation. And at cons, I mean, you know, it's a ridiculous situation, but even in this situation, like the power dynamics are weird because I mean, he's an older guy, he's got experience, but he's a ghost. So like, right. it's complicated. So I, I totally understand why you would just go, you know, all right, they really resonate. They're cool. They have a connection, but we don't need to go there, you know, to really deal with that. And, you know? and I think that, you know, the on again, off again aspect between those two guys is like, you know, when you're 18 and you move from Missoula, Montana to Los Angeles, the world is at your fingertips. There's so much possibility. Mm-hmm. So what's great is that Maurice kind of, Maurice, sorry, Bernard, I'm there, you know, I haven't said these names in a while. Bernard uh, sees that he can't, he can't make the mistakes of his relationship when he was alive and he can't hold this person back because he's stuck in a moment, you know? Um, and, and when he was alive, it was cause he was in the closet and when he's dead, it's because, you know, he's, he's a ghost. Um, so it's, it's really, yeah, I, I'm really happy with that relationship too. I really like them. And I think they're both such sweethearts and the Ronnie character, like all of, you know, kind of the, the exploration of identity and ghosts in LA was like a huge reaction as a writer to working on a book like Iceman at Marvel comics, because, um, that, you know, the character before I even got on the book, the story goes, Bobby Drake was in the closet, was struggling with his identity, was dating a bunch of girls and always they were, breaking up and no one knew why because he's such a handsome funny guy and he tells everyone that he's gay that is the job i got so you know i was i just tried to tell that story and and obviously there were readers who were like why can't he be bi why can't he be this like sexuality is so fluid it's a spectrum and you know i was like this is the job i got like this is the job i'm doing and i'm telling it as well as i can um and and i you know but i also a thousand percent agree you know like uh, I personally feel fucking hella gay. Um, and uh, like down to my, like down to like even, you know, like the types of bodies I'm attracted to, I'm very rigid. So like, uh, which is so funny. I, I love that it's like, I, I, I like look forward to the person telling me I'm like um, a terrible human being because like, I don't like skinny tweaks. <laughs> but um, yeah. at any rate, uh, but that doesn't reflect my world. My friends are everywhere. You know, they are everything and it, it, it's beautiful. And so I just wanted this book to reflect that generate this generation and this culture and this attitude. And that's why to your earlier sentence, like when asked about her sexuality, Daphne's like, I'm just like a cat. Like I fucking plop on my belly and whoever's rubbing it. That's I love getting, it. You know, that's who's getting the purrs. Um, <laughs> Because that's where she's at. She doesn't. She doesn't have to give a fuck. She doesn't have right. to make a decision, and she doesn't owe anyone a decision. And you know, Ronnie's gay. Zola's a lesbian. Like it. Spectrum man and Ronnie isn't a queer meetup, and those kids are so awesome and so cool. And the fact yeah. that Devon drew like, what was it like? It was a guy with a beard and high heels, or a yes. girl with a beard. I can't even. Rem- I mean, that I, that's the point. It was like it was so gender fucked. It doesn't. It was just dope. Um, and that's, 
you know, that's all I wanted was just to sort of do a love letter to like the world I see in front of me. I love those characters being introduced. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly one of those things where you go, ah, oh, I want to go off on an adventure with them, like see what that's like, you know, really oh, yeah. spend time in this world. Um, like it's a rich world. There's so there's so many cool things that you introduced, and you know I know that the series is is ending, correct, with issue twelve. I mean, for now, like, for now, you know. for now. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. Like for now, it is a and it's a, it's going to be a nice solid twelve issue story. Um, but I hope and I really I think we uh, we owe it to uh, everyone to have this experience, like to go out and support this book, get it in trades. I know the trade sales make a big difference um digitally all that like let's just like we want more of this world because you've really set up some cool stuff um here you brought up you brought up Iceman. i want to make sure we touch on that i mean i know Iceman's kind of like it, it's one of those topics that i know you have a lot of feelings about um uh, because but obviously it's, it's it's one of the most special experiences of my life and i love the book so much so like I, you know, and I, I said a lot about i wrote about this on tumblr like i'm like yeah for as much as i fucking call out the company that uh, I worked with Marvel, like, it's also a really beautiful thing that brought a lot of, like, wonder and magic into my life. So, like, by all means, please, let's talk about it. Like, it's... Well, it's, it's, I mean, and, and I love, I love you, uh, you, you, you've, you've given an insight into the comics industry that I think few, few moments throughout comics history have we gotten in near real time, not quite real time, but uh, a lot of times some of the, like, the things you learn about the comics industry are disappointing for a lot of readers who just think that it should be all puppies and kittens and rainbows right but you know it's an honest journey that you went through and perspective that you shared and uh yeah i mean like it's a dream and you brought this character into a new limelight that it, it, he had not had really previously um you know yeah. there have been i think Iceman solo books here and there i mean limited series to, to be sure but I, I mean correct me if i'm wrong your run is the longest solo Iceman run correct to my knowledge and I, yeah. yeah i think yeah there was one in the 80s and then one in the late 90s like 2001 around the x-men movie um that was both of them i think four issues each yeah yeah so i mean it, you know if you're a fan of the iceman character like bendis did a lot with him which was awesome and then you picked up that torch and ran with it and didn't just build out his like you know power set and villains and all that, which you know you do you know you do get to obviously, but you explored his like per interpersonal life with Kitty, and with the rest of the X Men and with his uh, boyfriend. Like you got to really play with some cool toys and do some really good world building with them. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, it. Yeah, it's cool. It was super <laughs> cool. I mean, it's also well, yeah. I. Uh, I mean, that's what was so not daunting about the job was like i i always say i'm like i don't want to fucking write batman do you know how hard it is to write like the next important batman story there's just too many like i don't yeah. know you know like it you know i think that's what's exciting about like harley quinn is now she's a list but we've only scratched the surface in terms of what's possible with her whereas with clark kent or not clark kent bruce wayne and clark kent and even diana like they are so mined that it, it takes a genius or just a complete rebel to, to figure out what what's new to say with them. Um, so with Bobby Drake, when I just did all this research and did all this rereading, um, it was it was such a relief to be like, oh, no one's really like no one's you know. And this is how I pitch things with characters that um, 
aren't haven't had their movie yet or haven't had their own animated series is I'm like this is kind of what the movie like if there was a movie this is what the movie this is where the writers would go to to understand the character mm. um and and so it felt very liberating to to be in that position with Bobby Drake and to look at his history and to treat everything like canon um and then still have an incredibly true story about you know what he's doing and also to make sure it all still informs what makes him a great hero um and that you know i think that's the that's the part where you know sometimes people lose the message or sometimes it gets lost in translation is if you're too stuck on one thing like he's got to be an x-man or he's got to be the gay guy you forget like i just need to tell a story about a hero rising to the occasion um so yeah it was a gift it was a super dope gift and i think um more and more i'm grateful for the the most recent arc we did because yeah i, I got to just tell talk about shit i cared about which was like i want to talk about him and emma frost like yes. they're weird she was in his head she knows some stuff like yeah. i want to go to there and so i did um and then you know what was great too was for all of my complaints about um him cb sabolsky was the one who said like do spider-man and his amazing friends like Really? Them in the book. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's what makes all of this stuff so complicated because uh, one minute this person's your arch nemesis because they have to follow things that they're being told to do. Mm -hmm. Then the other minute they're your biggest advocate because they're giving you a huge marketing gem, you know, because it is in his best interest for the book to do well, but then it's also in his best interest for, you know, a book to be an easy sell. I don't know. You know, it's just complicated and obviously yeah. there's just too much around it for me to well, I mean, quite discern the truth. <laughs> we're seeing now with the DC layoffs, some of the real outside influences that these editors and, you know, higher ups, uh, line editors, uh, you know, company uh, publisher, like, like they're under a lot of pressure to make it marketable. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. that's the job, right? So I, I, I know, a little bit from what you've read about, you know, your relationship with CB and some of the other people and just that back and forth. And I don't, we don't need to rehash all that. That's out there. You've done a great job, like I said, of communicating that. But, um, you know, what are your thoughts? Like with with all the DC stuff and, and given that you've also been involved with DC lately, mm -hmm. um, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know if they've officially coalesced the term yet, but the, the DC uh, bloodbath or <laughs> whatever happened last week or a couple weeks ago now. Like, you know, what are your thoughts on that? massive sea end, change at the end of the day it's 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 heartbreaking you know what i mean like i it's just sucky like no one especially now right the fuck now no one needs to be losing their job right um and there were a lot of people i really respected and people i was looking forward to working with like it would have been a dream to do a black label book you know um and it's it's not it's not, it's not nice. It's not happy. And I just, you know, I, I don't, I, I left the weekend with DC fandom being incredibly optimistic that the next two years are going to be really lovely, um, for what Warner can do, Warners can do with DC. Um, and I like, yeah, I like, I am 
I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do when Wonder Woman comes out. If we're still in coronavirus, I'm like fucking. I'll put on a hazmat suit because I'm right? just gonna go. I'm uh, just, I have to go. Um, but the thing of it is, is like you know, I remember when. I remember when I think it was Batman versus Superman. Didn't under it, it like un, it it made a profit, but it definitely was like this, mm-hmm. not like you know, yeah. not a super success like they wanted. And I remember people being really shitty about that because, like, at the time I was Iceman guy, so I think I was Iceman guy at that time. I don't remember, but it it's not you don't you don't actually want, if you don't like a company, you don't actually want them to fail because these are creative people's jobs. These are jobs. And if, and if it, and it, it's not just the editors, these really hardworking, dedicated individuals, it's not just them. It's the number of books that they can green light. And then it's suddenly a bunch of artists that, you know, like someone like Mariko Tamaki who can straddle the line between Indian uh, mainstream and YA and slice of life and all this stuff. It's like, you know, for folks like her, it helps to have, you know, solid mainstream work because it gives her a little, a little stability to then go and take risks elsewhere. Same with me. Right. I should have just said me. Like, well, no, I mean, but no, I'm glad though. you, I'm glad you brought her in though, because she is really getting some amazing gigs. And there's like, you see that snowball effect for her and, and you as well. So I'm like, it's great to bring in these other voices and uh, and mention it. So so I mean, with DC, do you have anything currently announced, or are you kind of waiting to see? Not what announced. Happens? Okay, okay. <laughs> but there, you know, and that's the thing too is like everyone I've worked with there is so lovely. Like I don't, you know, regardless of, but maybe I haven't dealt with any problematic figures, so it's easy for me to say everyone I've worked with is lovely. But right. you know, it it's yeah. I just I want all of the comics i want people reading all of the comics i want people buying all of the comics and i want people making all of the comics and i i think if yeah i think there needs to be industry-wide health so you know it's just it's it's heartbreaking it's sad and but also i'm you know ill-informed and i'm sure that there are probably (laughs) like all these like facets and details i'm i'm missing but i don't care it's just people who want to make comics it's so heartbreaking anyway sorry Next question. No, no, no. It's it's good. It's, I, I and I know it's it's a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster, especially and 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 in spite of the pandemic, like like not related to the pandemic, all this was happening, you know. And then now you had the pandemic to it. Uh, but keep going on. You talked about the industry and growth and how you have grown. I mean, you 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 not grown from Image. You well, actually, yeah, you came from Image when you were at Skybound, and now you're going back to image with this new property uh this new mm-hmm. book called getting it together which by the way i keep saying putting it together because all i can think of sondheim but that's not my it's not your problem that's my problem that's <laughs> it's a good company it's a totally good company though right they're they're like you're they're like two neurons yeah. away from each other in my head um in fact so much so that i probably sing the title getting it together to sunday in the park with george but whatever um <laughs> So this new book, which I've had the privilege to read uh, the first two issues of, um, it is so much fun. I it, And it's so funny because um, it's set in San Francisco. It is so far not mystical in any way, shape, or form. So it's kind of back to your more... I'm not going to say... Don't worry. 
Okay, good. No, good, 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 good. I, I mean, and it would, if you know what, honestly, magic realism, ra- magic realism would be fine. I'm okay with a little extra flavor, but you don't need it because these characters, they're. I feel like this is the first book where you have been able to completely do your slice of life, uh, not autobiographical, because I'm not saying that this is autobiographical, but really true to what you did when you did your own autobiographical comics it is life relationships drama you know music art all of it right there on the page it reminds me of looking in the best way but if like looking the components of that show it, the better components right it, it, it's it's like it's like and, and maybe because it's the san francisco element but it's like looking where it's not just about queer characters but in our entire community our entire friend base everyone that we interact with in life um so yeah i'm 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 loving it i'm loving the art uh it's a little interesting because i know you're sharing the duties with uh jenny fine mm-hmm. that, that's okay so like the art style you two have found a really good way to blend and that's the funny thing like as i go between the two styles i don't even realize when you're switching your styles really mesh and that's a huge credit too to our colorist um nick struble because you know they worked with me on the little depressed boy but also they bring just yeah visual cohesion and jenny also um we have the same influences and the same loves and i think uh intended or not we both do try and riff off each other like i yeah there was some like way she shaded windows that i was like oh i love that and then moving forward i just started shading windows the way she did so really that happens i spend all day staring at her art so of course I, you know and then when i draw it's like of course i'm going to be influenced by it and then, you know, she spends all day either looking at my character designs or looking at references I send her. Um, so we're, we we are speaking a bit of the same language, but she does do major- the majority of the artwork. I think in the earlier issues, I just handle some flashbacks and stuff. And then I'll be drawing the last issue of this arc just to give her some breathing time in case, you know, all goes well and we get to do more because uh, I want her to keep drawing it because she is amazing. Well, and so you're doing double duties then because you're also co-writing this book with Omar Spahi. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um and and like I I know uh I, I forgot his uh a background, his his uh ethnicity, but like both of you have, I believe, like some is it is it is he Persian? No, he's a... we're both I forgot. Middle, Eastern. Middle East, Eastern. yeah. I don't want to. I always fear like like putting like a generic like you know Asian or whatever term. But, but that was but that yeah. But that was on our minds. I mean, you know, to make we did make the main characters. Um, I think they're half Persian, like I am. Maybe full Persian. I can't remember. I know they're half Persian. But anyway, um, I think that was a big deal for us because, you know, when you when you have to when you have and I dealt with this with Iceman, where it's like, if you have a character who has a qualifier that is um, underrepresented in the market, it, it they almost have to be like, you know, capital letter, whatever the fuck they are. Right. And, um, you know, I grew up, like, we both grew up with the culture in our lives, but the culture, you know, neither of us are particularly Muslim. So it, you know, that's why you don't see Lauren wearing uh, a head covering because mm-hmm. she doesn't, that's not a, you know, she is Persian, but she's, it, it, it's not the thrust of her. The thrust of her 
in the book you realize is her music. She wants yeah. to be a punk rocker. She wants to be, you know, she wants to be whoever she wants to be in my head. I think she wants to be Patti Smith. Um, so I'm just brightening my screen a little bit. Let me see if I can make my screen a little brighter. This is just. Ooh, they glow. I love it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that was important for both of us because it's a part of our lives. Like I know that Omora was learning Arabic, um, you know, at one point during this project. So he started like kind of calling me like Habibti and I was like, Hey, what's up? Um, but, uh, it's, yeah. So that, that was in there, but not in there. And, um, and it, and it, and it is really personal too, in a lot of ways. Uh, that whole storyline with, um, one of the main characters is named Jack. He is Lauren's brother. He is gay and he is Persian. Um, and Jenny keeps drawing him like me sometimes, and that's okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm um, not. I didn't know if that was in. I. I, I mean, like, come on. It's, I keep it's telling like, her not yeah. to, and she keeps <laughs> doing it. And it's like, okay, we are where we are. Whatever. Um, but there is stuff that's drawn from real life. Um, mm-hmm. The guy, the sociopath, he dates in issue one. All of that happened. No, not at like my sister's punk rock show. Uh, no, it wasn't in the midst of me accidentally telling my friend group, like, you know, who had sex with who, <laughs> but, but that happened where I dated this guy and it took me a minute to be like, wait a minute, these stories aren't adding up. Mm-hmm. And then asking some, like, you know, so it's, it's a really great book where Omar and I are both, it, and, and it reminds me of when I'd watch interviews with the Sex and the City writers where they would basically sit and chat about you know, who the fuck they dated that weekend. And, and so the book comes from Omar and I being like, well, here's what the fuck happened recently. Um, and, and weaving a cohesive narrative around it with characters that we just love. Um, it's so, so... I'm so glad you dig it. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's so grounded and and it's so... Okay, so I, I don't know how much I've ever talked about this and I've certainly heard podcasts talk about this, but do you know when a comics writer or any writer like writes material that isn't quite in their age group and and it, there's like this weird oh god what was i just watching there was something i encountered recently and i'll have to think about what it was but when it just doesn't feel authentic it doesn't feel like like they're trying to bring in whatever culture or whatever um if, uh, age group uh, technology whatever um i think in comics uh, the most egregious was back when like twitter was just coming out and not even just coming out twitter had been out for like a decade <laughs> But comic writers were just discovering it. And some some writers who we will not name 
they just didn't have that authentic experience, I think. And right. then when they would try to put it in. It felt very ham-handed, right? But with you, and I mean, clearly, I also know you and know, you know, your involvement in social media. Like, all of it's very authentic and, and just doesn't well, feel forced. Fourteen-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the involvement with the musician. I know your involvement with uh, Jenny uh, Lewis. And I wondered how yeah. much of that also kind of seeped into this a bit um, with that sort of relationship and, you know, working around musicians and, you know, the, it all oh, just so is very much. earned. Yeah. 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 So much. Well, yeah. Like that's the thing is I, I remember one time I took um, Omar and Jenny to a concert at this place called the echo in LA. And we went and saw my friend's band feels there, this like just completely energetic, awesome punk rock band that at the time it was like three girls and one drummer uh now it's two ladies two dudes but whatever because shannon went and got super famous in her solo career kudos but anyway i just was like you know i like touched them and i was just like look around like this is this is the book like this is what the book has to be this is where we are you know like this is what it this is a world that like no one has seen and i think it comes from like i I really appreciate a lot of like Cameron Crowe's earlier work, like three yes. almost famous, like singles. Uh, it's such a vibe. Um, mm -hmm. And it just comes from like a near exploitative love of a subculture, nearly exploitative, but not quite. And for me, you know, I, I, I picked comics over music. Like I never learned music. I learned to draw. So, um, I try to gravitate around people in music because I love it so much and I want to be a part of it. And luckily I can do it by way of, of drawings. I, I still get to be a part of this moment. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, you know, I try to be really authentic about what these people deal with or what they do or what they talk about or how a band practice actually looks or the kinds of decisions they have to face. And, you know, I love fucking you know, uh, female identifying pe people with guitars. Sorry. I don't, I don't need to be like particular, like women, like chicks with guitars, man. They fucking Hell yeah. Dope. They sound dope. Metric. And, and I mean, this is just one of many, right? But metric is one of my favorite bands. And I realized when I was going back through my collection lately, they, this whole thing, they migrated Google music to yeah, the, the YouTube music or something. Anyway. So I'm going through my library and I'm like, wow, I have a lot of bands. That I love with lead singers that are women and that's great i'm i'm fine with that i love that yeah and um and so all that is to say like i you know i love these these people a lot of them have become friends in my life and i wanted to also speak to the issues they deal with and something mm. you see in getting it together it might be a little subtle in the issues you've read but lauren is kind of just thinking about the music and kind of about a tude her band's name is Nip Slip. Like, it's yeah, I love that. Friend. Um, <laughs> and and then there's this girl, Mai, whose band Wish Me Luxembourg is blowing up and getting written up. And she's also like, she's like a walking clitoris. Like, um, and you see that a lot in the scene where sex sells. That, that, that doesn't yeah. change. It doesn't change in any genre. Sex always sells. Like, look at Sky Ferreira. Like, she's technically an indie artist but she also was on fucking playboy like mm -hmm. um so you know lauren kind of grapples with that and she's kind of like do i 
do I try to be this thing I'm not? And and you then wonder, even in, as early as the first issue, if the decision she's making about her fucking relationship, like, you know, she and her boyfriend are talking about being in an open relationship, and Mai comes strolling in and is just, hmm. you know, sounding like fucking sex energy on a stick. And, and Lauren's <laughs> like, well, yeah, like, me and my boyfriend are open. So, like, whoa, you know, we're fucking naughty, too. Um and and it's it's something she grapples with and has to figure out and has to, and and it's not an easy journey for it's not an easy journey to do something that feels right but you don't know if your motivations are right, mm-hmm. um, which is why I'm so drawn to her as a character because she's not an antihero but she's making bad choices. Um, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I I I am cringing because I want to really root for her as a musician myself, but also as someone like, you know, just knowing creative types who want to succeed and make a living out of what they're doing creatively. Like you want them to, to do what they need to do. And she is just making both in her professional, maybe, and her, in her personal lives, like these really just bad choices. Ah, it's so frustrating. But, but I think to your credit and Omar's as well, like uh, you guys are writing these characters in a way that I mean, that's honest. That is that people are there's very rarely in my 43 years of life, people who are just pure, unadulterated evil. Donald Trump, you know, obviously, you know, probably the only exception right now that I can think of uh, that's living. But like, um, you know, characters, obviously, like they just make people make bad choices. People have motivations that are always shifting and changing, but usually self-serving. But, you know, like it's just complicated. Life gets complicated. People get hurt. Uh, whether you intend them to or not. I mean, all of this is there in this book. So I, I love it. I'm finding it very refreshing and very, uh, what, what I, the first thing I had a reaction to though was <laughs> the first thing so was happy. like, I was like, this is so nice when I'm in the midst of a quarantine and I really can't go out into the world and, and interact with the, my community. I mean, I just moved to Seattle and I, I, I've been to like two gay bars, uh, you know, in the month we had before the lockdown. I've been to and, more gay bars in Seattle than you have. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't tell me that you're killing me. Um, but like this, it, it's a window into a world that I, I know and I want to get back to. And so having it in, in some form, at least for now, is, is, is really nice. And it just reminds me of that drive and that desire to be out there and go to concerts and all of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I am very, um, I mean, obviously this is the beginning of the series. The, the first issue actually hits the stands. What? Like in September, right? October. Oh, October. October. Okay. But so, orders are due in September. So everyone who's listening, watching, whatever, get order it, tell your comic yes. store you want it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a reminder too when it's actually on the shelves, but yes, now is an important time. Um, and if you're not using a LCS right now, or you're using, you know, mail order or whatever, there's always ways to, you know, get this, uh, figured out. Um, what, what is your light relationship, right? The, uh, like with, uh, Omar, like how do you guys like split up the scripts and how do you figure all that out? It's different every time. Um, <laughs> it's, which is great. Like, I, I've done collaborative experiences before. Like I did that book for a new orphanage. I think that's when we really got super close, you and I. Um, I don't know if you can see. Uh... There, there he is. You were covering him up until you turned. But um, also, do you have a burn the orphanage shirt? Because I, my friend dropped off a bunch of shit when she was supposed to do my web store. And I now have a bunch of burn the orphanage shirts. I have. I will. Yeah. I do want one. I do want one. But here's the deal. I have the the NES cartridge version. That's I think that one. was yeah. 
So I have it, but it got uh, like bleach stains on it somehow. Oh, so I actually right. cut this out. Like I cut the main uh, front off. And at some point I'm going to put it in some kind of like quilt or project. But if you have an actual wearable, uh, I yeah. will. Text yes. me after this because I will forget. We'll do. I, there is gin in my drink. <laughs> oh, um, yay. Good. Well, you know, we're having fun. I might as well. What the fuck else is there to do? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I do love to collaborate. And for a long time, I kind of also had to, like, um, sort of make sure people knew what I was doing on things. Because around Burn the Orphanage, it's like I was writing here, drawing there, writing this, writing, drawing that. And it was a little uh, confusing. To, to folks on the outside who the fuck I was. But I think now that I've made it a little clear who I am, uh, I'm, I'm excited to collaborate again. And, and Omar is great because the book wouldn't exist without him because he was like, hey, do you want to do a book together? Um, I really want to do a story about um, two guy best friends and what male bonding looks like, especially when one of them is gay. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to draw it. And if we can hire Jenny Fine to draw it, I'm in. And so it wouldn't exist without him. Um, we're two different people, though, which is super awesome as well. He's like, like, I remember we were having a business talk about something and I was like, I love you, but you're like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, you're so fucking fast paced. And I'm like, Tails, I'm just like floating above you being like, yo, slow down. Like, we'll get there. Like, don't worry. I'm fast, too, but I'm not that fast. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, we've had we've had a long history. We've known each other for a while, but we've had a, a, a history over the past like five or six years that have been um, all over the place. And, and you know, we've, we've been to some heavy places. We've been to some fun places. Uh, and I have a lot of respect for him. And But the writing process is crazy because, like, I think issue one was micromanaged on both sides. And then issue two, when we started writing it, I was... I, I was one place, he was another, and I was just like, just write the first draft. And then I went over and did like a dialogue polish. And then I think issue three, I think I wrote a complete draft and then he did a dialogue polish. And so it, it changes every time. Um, and that's what I love about it is there's no hard set rule. And then by the time you get the final product, it's just such a synthesis of our voices. And then also, for lack of a better phrase, like it's so quality controlled. Like we've both, it, it has both of our stamp of approval on it at that point mm -hmm. that I feel really confident. And then what's great too is like, you know, him being Sonic is awesome because he is tirelessly promoting the shit out of this. And I am tales about it. I'm just like floating above, just like texting my friends being like, yo, you want to read this man? <laughs> like, hey, you want to talk about this man? Um, I like, I, he's such a hustler and if the book That's is good. successful it's like it's really you know and it but it's it, it's in great credit to both of us because i think you know like i was the one who said let's hire jenny because she was my friend you know so it's it, it, it's this great mix and match of instincts and talent friendship and passion like I, you know it's cool it's i'm having a good time i um, love i love when you have creative friends and a community of people that you can like find these projects within and also use as a way to promote. And I, I, you know, even with the quarantine, I just, I've enjoyed so much all of the inner interactions and interplay 
uh, both both in this and other projects that I'm working on uh, outside of this. So I'm I'm thrilled that you've got this good synthesis and that this is all gelling. Um, I, I it's so good. Like I said, I I, I hope people are. I because the comics are so weird with like slice of life, slice of life. Wow, I can't even talk. I've been drinking. Uh, slice of life books are so hard sometimes to really market effectively. But this, you get into like online dating. I mean, online dating, app based dating. Uh, you get into open relationship, polyamory, cheating on people. Uh, you know, communication freak. Okay, so that's what uh, freaking or freaking uh, up. When when a best oh, friend up. when your friend breaking breaking. Up, breaking up and that's an Omar phrase Omar came up with that okay because that was like, new to me I'm like oh <laughs> I I think he made that up I that's was good. like wait what like this now is it's so a thing good and yeah. it's so it's still so part of what I do in a sense you know like I just anyway uh, yeah no breaking up fuck like it's a it's such a good phrase. Um, it's yeah it, it, the book is so sweet and it's so special yeah. and um we have some i i'll tell you this um because the lord i because i need to say it as many times publicly as possible otherwise it's never going to get done but like we're getting songs made of the songs that lauren sings in it like i'm having a singer friend i have to go record my part i have to go because they're going to be demos they're going to be lauren's demos uh-huh. um and i'm having a friend sing as lauren um, and but you're writing gonna, them, you know, what's up, but you're writing the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that song photocopy that you see in the beginning of issue two, uh, is a song. I, well, I technically wrote it when I was 16. So I'm like, <sighs> I, I have to look at the lyrics again and I'm like, okay, well, let's fix this and let's fix that. And then like, now that I know a little bit more about music theory, I'm like, okay, well, let's use an E minor there. But, um, That's yeah, awesome. I just think, cause it's, it, I just love I love when you can add texture to a comic and I love when you can make these things and these people more real. 100%. Um, and, the, and it goes back to just what Omar brings and what I bring, you know, like I think Omar, Omar sees them as people in a different, it's different senses. Like Omar understands, you know, let's say it's like, he understands like taste and sight. And then I understand like touch and uh hearing or whatever i don't know whatever we'll figure but you get what i mean like <laughs> it's it's know, a I, sensory both... overload uh, of all these different things and that's so great though because you're right you bring different things to each project and it all overlaps and becomes something more than the sum of its parts and that's that's spec that's that's magic that's what like comics is so magical for that reason i mean any 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 media any art has this but comics especially can be so magical for this right uh, yeah oh my god i'm excited oh. i'm so excited <laughs> you too so, i don't know it's been, we've been working forever so i'm excited thank you good um i i know we don't have a lot of time left but i do want to check on Maybe henry as much time as you want I, oh all right girl because i'll go i'll go so i mean i just don't want to drinking uh, she's still got she's got like she's been filling it up with soda water so she's here <laughs> <laughs> so how's henry i know your 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 baby had some medical issues and uh oh my god yeah i oh my, heartbreaking yeah, but i mean it sounds like she's it's she they're doing really well or better yeah so for people who weren't getting the day-to-day -day updates my dog had um bladder stones and i didn't know and it's funny because i even took him to the vet and i was like something's wrong with my dog i don't know what's going on like 
he's kind of peeing in the apartment and I walk him all the time. I don't get it. Like, um, and they were like, well, maybe do some x-rays, but like, maybe just walk him more. And I was like, okay, well, x-rays are fucking $400. So yeah. and you said maybe, um, and then over, like, it was right after my birthday, it just went, it just got really weird. And he just got, he just, something was wrong. And so I had to do an emergency vet visit and they mm. sent me home with basically, they were like, eh, we gave him this or that, it's fine. And then he got worse and I was like, he's worse. So I had to take him back to the vet that day and they gave him x-rays and painkillers. And then the next day they were like, he has bladder stones, he needs surgery now. And so over the course of like 48 hours, it was like three vet visits and then this emergency surgery. Um, and what was really, you know, I, it, it's really touching because over, you know, again, over the course of 48 hours, it went from like, whatever to I now have $3,800 in credit card charges. Um, and so I, you know, there, there, there's a world where it's like, okay, I can just fucking grow some debt, pay this off over time. And I decided to just be like, you know what, I'm gonna make a pin. Because some people were offering money. Like some friends were like, hey, call it a belated birthday present. Do this or that. And I was like, I have, like, I'm Persian. I have too much pride to be like, give me money. I'm, I can't pay this. Uh, so I made this pin of Henry. And um, I set it up for pre-order. And I was like, hey, here's how much it costs. You get a handwritten thank you. You get this pin. It's going to help me with these costs. And the uh, everyone showed up it's crazy. Like I, you know, like I think, you know, I now probably only live like 200 bucks. Like that's, that's awesome. I can handle that, you know, and in the midst of all of this where people are donating so much money to, you know, indigenous communities, to black trans folks, to everything that's going wrong everywhere. Um, the fact that people kind of showed up is anyway, I'm not going to cry. You're going to cry. You shut up. You're crying. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it was just really cool. It was really sweet. My dog is doing better. Good. Uh, the first two weeks out of surgery were the worst uh, because I, I had a I had a marketing call with some friends, and I was like, they wanted to do it over Zoom, and I was like, I look like shit. And then they saw me, and I was like, my dog is on. I have six I have six alarms for medication. Oh. I have three timers for like when he can and can't have his like heat and cold compresses. He needs to be walked every like 90 minutes. He's still peeing wherever he like. He's like he was just peeing everywhere yeah. when he slept when he was awake because he was on painkillers and also had this bladder surgery. And uh, and one of the guys was like, "Yeah, that's what like having a newborn is like. You don't sleep like you." Yeah. I literally had to have someone watch him so I could just like shower and clean like piss off my body, like piss oh. and food off my body. Anyway. It was the worst. I was sleeping on a chair so I could be oh. right next to him. I was staying oh. at a friend's to be closer to the vets. But whatever. Like, he's my everything. I he, I, listen, I went through this with my dog, Maddie. She had bladder stones. She, it, it wasn't, it didn't get quite as severe. I think early on they went, you know, we're going to do the x-ray. And I said, all right, fine. And like, but but I've been through all of that otherwise, and I totally understand. And that's why as soon as you put that call out, it's like, well, of course, come on. A, I love pins. I don't know if you can see this, but these I are all. I can see all... it. I want to like, send me a picture of that later. I want to see what's on the corkboard because I have oh. corkboard collections too, but mine are smaller. 
I will be glad to. I am very proud of my pins. And this is a fraction. Like, you don't, I have a problem. And it's funny because everybody, I say this to like, oh, well, you were in Orlando. You were, you went to Disney. You probably got into it because of Disney. And I'm like, no, Disney, I have Disney pins, but I didn't get into it because of Disney. I just like all these different organizations I belonged in, like curling, they have a huge pin fetish. Like, it is a big thing in so many different like areas and comics. Uh, uh, you know, our friend, our friend, uh, Dave Baker and uh, Nicole, like they got me into these cool comic pins that they were making. Like, oh, they, yeah, they really good at it. Yeah. So I, I they, oh, and I'm so excited for David, uh, for his, uh, he just got announced that he's doing, um, was it Star Trek? I think a comic. So like, yeah, action, uh, Action Hospital is fantastic. If you haven't checked that out, uh, the Fuck Off Squad. Actually, a couple weeks ago for Comic Book Bears, I had my Fuck Off Squad shirt. Uh, yeah, so great I people. Like, I have like three copies of Fuck Off Squad because I keep buying it, and because they've like <laughs> self-published it, then they had a publisher, then they, yeah, and it's like anyway, they're yeah, they we have both been longtime fans of them, and um, I think for Nicole to get the DC Young Readers book with Batgirl was like such a huge step up and sarah kuhn has been a friend of mine for years and i've been following her writing for years and so for them to then uh work together i don't even think they i don't oh they they might have known each other through gem so but anyway it was just a bunch of worlds colliding and i was so happy and um yeah it's it's good when your friends are doing well especially when you've seen them kind of like it's you know do the climb Hundred percent. I mean, and and you know, I've got to see you uh, climb the escalator of success uh, from burn the orphanage days uh, through where you're at now. So I, I I'm thrilled to see that too. Um, so we, uh, I mean, this is this is the free for all time. Uh, we did have um, we haven't had a lot of people in the chat, but we did have um, a, a very special comment from our dear friend Bill Danowitz, also kind of a um, hugs and tugs. Uh, Miss you. Yeah, Bill, uh, and and for those people who are watching uh, this, I mean, you know, we've I also been doing. Tell Bill, like, Bill, 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 Bill. He's he's, he's probably Scoob watching. And I cried in the first five minutes. What'd you watch? I watched Scoob, and I started crying in the first five minutes because of Shaggy and Scooby's origin. It was such a good movie. Oh no, I haven't watched it yet. I need to watch that. It's good. It's oh. a good cry. You'll have. I mean, but I'm also super sensitive right now. Like I watched um, Love on the Spectrum, and I had to stop because I was just like, oh. "Why am I crying?" Is it good? So, I keep seeing it advertised, and I'm like, "It's good. It's not exploitative. Exploitative. It's very endearing, and it. All, what I think is also great is that it shows various people on the spectrum. So it gives access to different narratives, which I think is the key thing to do." when you're talking about a community is, you know, not one voice speaks for all. Um, And you see people at different juncture, at different points of the journey of finding romance. So it's not everyone's desperate and looking to date. Like it's, you know, some people are in relationships. Some people are single. Some people are doing really well for themselves. Single. Some people have never had a date. So it's, um, but anyway, it was, I was, I'm a fucking wreck right now. So I was like crying and I was like, I can't do this. I need to not be crying right now. I, I'm going to watch Legendary instead. <laughs> oh, right. Oh my God. Legendary is fantastic. Have you watched, um, we're just random streaming things. Have you watched straight up the movie on Netflix no, about, 
It's uh, I gotta remember the guy's name, but it's a, a, a the director and writer, I believe, is also the main character, and he plays a a questioning straight gay man. So everybody thinks he's gay. He's kissed. Uh, he's I think he's made out with somebody, but I think he's a virgin, and he's really trying to like push back on the narrative that he's gay. And he meets this woman, and they hit it off, and they sort of have this relationship that they don't have sex. Um, it's I believe it was shot in in and around L.A. Uh, Santa Barbara, okay. and um, it's called Straight Up. It, it 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 I can see people reacting interestingly to it because it's it's kind of putting that whole wait a minute maybe people who who you think are gay aren't gay. I mean it it really plays with that, and it I don't want to throw the ending on the ending. The ending is fascinating in its own thing, and once you watch it, we'll have to talk about it. But uh, yeah, it's great. It should definitely check it out. It's, it reminds me of Wes Anderson, sort of stylistically, like visually very uh, boxy and just so. But um, that's not a bad thing. I actually really like Wes Anderson. Yeah. So for me, it worked. I've got um, I've got nothing but time here. I'm just playing Pokemon Shield all the time. So oh, uh, <laughs> we just got into Fall Guy. Uh, Fall Guys, the new um, battle royale game where you have play this like little minion character and you're running through uh, these wipeout style courses. Um, uh, I just that's got been fun. Zelda, so I'm really behind, but also catching oh. up. But I'm a one game at a time guy, so I'm like never going to be gamer, like G A I M E R. Like I'm just I'll I'll stay Cena. Oh well, that's all. That's all we want. We don't want you to be <laughs> anything other than that. But um, uh, so the po- Pokemon Shield is that the new one for what platform is that? Nintendo Switch. I mean, I have it on Nintendo okay. Switch. Okay, um, so it's not one of the ones you I, walk around and do stuff. It's it's just a it's traditional. Not Go. No, it's a new okay. Pokemon game, um, and they did two versions: Shield and Sword. And oh, then the yes. guy I'm dating has Sword, so he was like, "Go get Shield, so we can trade Pokemon and have all of them." Uh, um, and we have, and then what was crazy was uh, I have a friend in my corn tribe, Dylan. Like you know, and, and again, we're not like touching each other, but like we trust each other to invite one another into each other's homes and so saturday we invited dylan over and literally dynamax battled for like hours which dynamax battling means you go on these like raids and you can invite multiple people and you fight these like ultra hyper powerful pokemon um it was just really nice because it didn't feel like we were betraying the rules we've set out in our group Mm -hmm. in terms of just you know being around each other but it also felt really normal. It felt so normal. It felt so good. It's so weird because like my boyfriend and I, we have been talking about this a lot. And even though like, you know, we have each other, we're, we're fine as far as keeping each other entertained, but like, you know, we want to be able to go out and see other people like visit with friends and, and especially family who has been wanting to come out here. But yeah, like finding little ways to, to have some normality in this otherwise very abnormal era is so critical to mental health. Um, so Corn Tribe, what's it? What'd you Corn say? Tribe. Corn, Corn Tribe, yeah. And then going to a drive-in. Drive-ins were really, um, have been, have been really good ways to kind of have a thing to look forward to. Sorry, Henry's going to make an appearance because he always knows when I'm on a professional call. Aww. Hi, buddy. You want to say hi to Brian? Nothing wrong with that. Come here. <gasps> hey, Henry. Oh, look at him. Look at him. Oh, so sweet. Um, but yeah the drive-in is super awesome i loved going to the i've gone to the drive-in like four times in quarantine um sorry i'm trying to make it so you can see um 
and it is just the best. It just shows you space. So, did you go to the? Are you, I forgot. Are you into Drag Race? Yeah, of course. Okay. Just, uh... I, I mean, listen. <laughs> there are people who I know who are like, no, that's not my thing. But I, I yeah, should have figured. So, um, did you go to the Drive and Drag, uh, the Voss event? Uh, I, I know Bailey and cash flow is uh, yeah. weird. So oh no no, no. it's expensive. It's expensive. But um, I'm gonna go to one soon because I my friend is involved with a fundraiser coming up and and they're gonna do another one of those with some oh, really cool. dope queens. So I'm gonna go. But I oh, saw good. it on Instagram. It looked tight. Yeah, our, our mutual friend uh, Bailey uh, and oh yeah um, they went they went they yeah and I, I, a friend of theirs yeah I with Matt um, and Ray. I don't, I don't know them, but I know Bailey and Hadrian. Um, but like they, it looked, I, this is the thing. I, I want to know how the experience was because they're coming to Seattle in like a couple weeks and there were still tickets last I checked. Although I think the VIP is sold out, which is funny because the VIP is just, you get to park your car like right up to the stage, like really close. So it's like, you know, kind of the equivalent of VIP in the bars, but like, I'm like, okay, so drive-ins are cool. I definitely love drive movies. It's always been kind of a cool little treat. And it's amazing in 2020 that that's come back. Like, of all the things that have made resurgences, like drive-ins is hilarious to me. But, um, but yeah, I just don't know. Drag shows in that format? Is it just like watching it on TV then? I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm curious to see what they do to make it feel special. You know what I mean? From what I've seen on social media, it's very big like they find a way to make it big Mm -hmm. um they find a way for these queens to to be seen doing a lot um but i think at the end of the day too it's like the real value is like getting to have something to look forward to you know that's like (laughs) yeah but you know and i think it's also like goddamn, like i can't I very early on tapped out of like watching drag queens do zoom stuff because it was such a mixed bag. Right. And it was also really unfair because it was a mixed bag based on privilege, access, you know, money, money yep. and resources. So I was just like, fuck this. I'm just going to Venmo the ones I like because I can't, I right. can't do that. This is like technical difficulties. Are, like, are you watching um, Canada's drag race at all? I'm saving them because I don't have the app, but I have my friend's Plex and I know he uh. has it. So I will be watching it, but what I've been doing instead, sorry, those sirens in the background because, yeah, um, no, I'm watching old seasons of Drag Race that I missed. Oh um, yeah, which is great because, um, for a long time I avoided Drag Race because my ex and well, my on again off again at the time he like loved the show, so I mm. wouldn't participate in the show. And then uh, I did it another guy, and it was the same thing as, like, the boyfriend who got me into The Wire, where I came over on a certain night, and he's like, look, I'm going to watch this show, so if you want to be here, you got to watch this show with me. <laughs> and then I was like, I love this show. And then, oh. and then when I got back with that ex <laughs> a year later, um, then I was a part of his Drag Race nights. Um, so so I've missed entire eras of the yeah. show. I never watched Benda La Creme's season, <gasps> season six. I, I watched Bendela on All Stars. Yeah. But I never saw the original season. So mm. um, same with like, you know, like I never saw Bianca Del Rio in her element. Wow. I, and I knew who Courtney Act was, but I never saw Courtney on the show. So I got you. this has been super exciting for me because now I understand. And 
I just thought being told these crazy stories was going to be enough. And, and to watch it happen has been really valuable. Also, just I need anything to look forward to right now. So Aww. Canada, can, I hear Canada's dope. Is it done? Canada, it, it's, uh, there's like two more episodes that have to air. Um, but um, there is some really good different like departures from what we're used to a drag race um even from like uk and i have not watched thailand uh so uh, that may be they may have done some thailand interesting things is there amazing. too amazing is thailand it is crazy just watch some youtube stuff because that's what i well, do like I, I have the world of wonder to... app and i just need to it, you know again like you said like, it, once the the current runs over i'm like well what else am i gonna watch i need to i need an event i need something like that i mean lovecraft uh country is started and that's kind of a nice like weekly event um, for us, but uh, uh, anyway, yeah. So it's great. It's great. The queens are all interesting, and from all over Canada, uh, even somewhat in the United States. Like there's a queen lemon who actually lives in New York, so you get a little bit of that connection. I think Alona Verley uh, is actually an LA queen. I don't know if you're familiar with her name. Uh, I don't know how much she performs or is a. Anyway, so like it's Canada, but really it's the Greater America, North America drag race. Um, and Brooklyn. I mean, she's not the main host because they're like doing this three host uh weird triumvirate but uh brooklyn is fantastic i love brooklyn i've gotten the privilege to meet her uh, in orlando i think at least once or twice and uh i just I, you know her 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 meteoric success from the uh, pageant world into drag race now into hosting drag race is really awesome she seems sweet you know I, I, yeah because i got to meet her at something here in la once and again sweet in yeah. the interaction i had um but that's how you have to say anything nowadays because of people's interior lives and not actually knowing how and who they are. But she seems really sweet. And I think yeah. because she's Canadian, we can trust it. I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it, it, the, the interactions I've had were very earnest and just, you know, I, it's funny because um, they're, they're not everyone loves the Canada drag race. Some people think that it's a little... I don't know. They're just they're just like that. Eh, the magic's not there, uh, or, or oh. oh, they're they're too full of themselves. And I'm like, they're drag queens. Come on, like there's a fine line. It's confidence, or you're full of yourself. It's you know, what are you gonna do? Um, right. But uh, but no, it's fun. I, I highly recommend it and endorse it. And uh, when you do watch it, you'll have to let me know what you think. Uh, who you're rooting for? I can tell you right now, uh, the, the queen that I am most rooting for is actually up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, out of Victoria, Canada. So uh, where uh, where our mutual friend, I believe Matt Brossard, also uh, lives, and uh, he uh, he's uh, it's funny because like you know we we kind of you know talk back and forth, and he, like as the crow flies, I think Matt is like seventy miles from here because you know Victoria is just right over the border, um, yeah. but you know with the border shut down, I can't we can't neither of us can go to see each other, so it's like oh, but you can, anyway, like, FaceTime at the border. <laughs> no actually that would be fun it, it's like uh yeah yeah you meet up there and you kind of just hey it's like it's like how some of us have been doing um uh like a friend of mine will drive by the the house and i can just sort of like wave at him hey, right how are you? uh i need it we need to get a corn tribe but that's that's uh that's something that's uh it's a yeah we we're talking about that a necessary uh invention of the modern just quarantine people era trust, people where you people who aren't like you know necessarily like caved up but like you know what their what their for lack of a better term outreach is you know what they're doing you know what decisions they're making and their decisions yeah. align with your decisions and you're keeping it to that you know like i you know because like i have to see my mom i have to 
I have mm-hmm. to see some friends. Um, but it has been touch and go sometimes. Like one of my friends went back to work and he works in a field where he has to be in contact with other people. And, you know, we just, we just kind of made some decisions and we're like, well, sorry, just like some drink went down the wrong hole. But like, we had to make some decisions about like, okay, what do you, what do we do? Like, we love this person and we don't want them to feel singled out. Um, so until we kind of felt safe with how things were going, we like made the interactions, like, let's go to the drive-in. Like, let's not, let's not put going to someone's house on the table mm-hmm. until we feel, you know, like why make, why hurt someone's feelings? Why affect someone's mental health? If we can just avoid the issue for a few weeks. Well, right. And we've had friends who uh, threatened to come up here to visit and uh, we're like, well, okay, cool. If you do that, that's great. Um, And, you know, honestly, the first time I've really seen anybody outside of me, I do go to work occasionally and I, you know, have to sort of deal with some coworkers. But like as a friend visiting, my first experience here was Zan Christensen and my friend Jared Pope from Flame On. We all went on a hike. Uh, at a park in the out in Bellevue, uh, outside Seattle, and uh, you know we kept our distance, no hugs, just bows, masks, you know masks, all masks, and uh, but it was still nice. It was good. It was nice to have social interaction, have great conversations, but also feel like you know because we're outside, you know, and we had the masks, like we felt pretty safe, and you know so far so good. So yeah, it's you know we're all figuring it out, and I think just. Um, it's very heavy time, super, super political. Um, yes, but I think as long as you can find people who align with your beliefs, and I say this very ruthlessly, like it's like, all right, you all want to be masks off and this, that, and the other, cool, take those fucking risks. If y'all get each other sick, that's on you, boo. And it's like, and if you want to be super cautious and super stressful and super anxious, that's on you too. It's it's so funny because so much of this reminds me of the the gay dating sexuality world where there's that whole like, well, do you use condoms? Do you use prep? Do you just bareback? Do you do you have a a monogamous relationship? Do you have an open relationship? Do you have a, you know, a couple's swap? I mean, like it's all very familiar feeling in these conversations we're having to have about what is your limit? How far safety wise or how much risk right. do you want to take? It's and we're I, I do stand by this, although I'm not saying every, you know, people, every person in the queer community makes the best decisions. Uh, I know they don't. But like we're, I think, in a lot of ways, better prepared to exist in this world because of those experiences that we've had over the course of our formative years and growing up in the yeah. AIDS epidemic and dealing with the aftermath of you know where we're at now. And it's just, I don't know, do you ever feel like that that really has kind of given some good uh, building blocks for us to use? Yes and no, because like, I feel like the joke is always like, LOL, what's a condom? Or like, <laughs> you know, like- That's I, true. You know, like, yeah, one of my boyfriends was just like, I'm not on prep. I'm gonna use condoms. Like, if they say they don't have it, they don't have it. And I'm a top. So what does it matter? And it's like, oh bitch. God. Like, first, your verse. Second, <laughs> like, people like what? Anyway, there's also being a systematic motherfucker. But anyway, yeah, I was gonna make a joke about being like, yeah, it's like fisting without a glove or trimming your nails. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You know, like I have a lot of perspective because my sister lives in France right now because her husband is French. And, and that's why I just feel like it's like, follow the rules, just follow the rules. Like, I don't care what your politics are, like following the rules isn't going to make things worse. Um, and my sister's almost back to normal, you know, over there. She's back to work. She's in an office with people. She's able to go to parties again. I don't know if they're able to go to concerts, but like they followed the rules. They legitimately, whatever the fuck this shit, we're talking about comics. But anyway, all this (laughs) is to say, I don't fucking know. All I'm thinking is better safe than sorry, which I think is something I've learned from the queer community. And from having older boyfriends growing up, it's like just oh, you tied like, it all the way back to that. I love it. <laughs> that was that was me doing a circle and a bow. I love it. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for this time because I mean, any chance I get to talk uh, comics or the world or whatever with you is always fun. Uh, getting it together is out in October, but the orders are due. So if anybody is uh, going to an LCS or doing their comic book shopping online. You can request this now. You should make sure you're going to get a copy. Uh, and I am so excited for everything that's going to come. And then tomorrow, I mean, we're doing this live. Uh, tomorrow, uh, if you're watching live, it is the uh, the last issue for now of Ghosted in L.A. from Boom. And I'm excited to see how it ends. I really want to know where these characters get to with all the things happening. Uh, oh, so. please please text me or call me about it. And that's the other thing too. It's really great to hear from you, talk to you. We Aww. do not have to do this in front of an audience. We can just be homies and, and keep up. So um, we're yeah, going to have to do one of those Barracuda issue. events again, if they ever have. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Let's how about next time we see each other is like fully naked, me on a sling, like saying what's up. Oh, um, all right. I can find that. I we can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. We'll sort it out. Your people will talk to my people. <laughs> um, but no, it's really lovely. Thank you so much. And also thank you for having read the book and appreciating it because we have spent a lot of time working on it. Um, even waiting to find the right publisher has been a process. So um, it's been something that's been gestating forever. And to hear even just one person be like, I did it. I'm like, thank you. Um, so that just makes me feel all the more better for October to come. And I'm also glad, sorry, I'm just going to keep talking. I'm also glad that you find it to be um, a celebration of life BC before coronavirus, because it is a very social, touchy, feely, sexual, raunchy, sweaty book. And I was scared to release it in the middle of all this because it's, 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 it's a world we can't have right now. Yeah. And for you to see that it is a celebration of that, makes me all the more confident so thank slice. you so much because of oh of course no you just you just remind me or you just made me realize slice of life is now escapism I, whoa right right oh my God. that's so yeah, funny it's, fucking fantasy. It's, it's now genre fiction it's now fucking <laughs> like <laughs> it's an alternate oh, timeline <laughs> it really it, oh. Gosh, no, I think there's like a joke in the first issue, I think, about like getting back to the default state, the world's default state. Was that a that's a is that a Corona reference or is that something? uh... No, it's the same thing with Lady Gaga and one of her lyrics being like, let's party like it's B.C. She did not. You know, she didn't intend let's party like it's before Corona, but like it now has this beautiful. Yeah. Um, No, that's a happy accident. 
I like that though, because as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, they're talking about yeah, before Corona, before the Rona. Well, Cena, again, thank you so much. I'm so happy uh, that you're doing well and the Henry's doing well. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, look forward to more exciting things. It's great to see you, Brian. Have a good night. Thank you. Take care. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.